Hey folks, this is Brian, and you're listening to the Mission Sicily podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Mission Sicily podcast. We are in early winter here, and this is another quarterly update coming at you. Um, Before we go any further, if you haven't heard the last couple of updates, please do yourself a favor. Go back and have a listen to, I think it was probably September, we had an update uh, with me and Stefano live in the studio. Another one came out, I think, in October, late September, October-ish, and uh, that was the three of us, me, Gino, and Stefano together giving a live update. That one in particular has video content available as well, so you can hear the audio version on Spotify, Apple, uh, whatever podcast platform you usually go to that you're usually finding these. That would be the last episode. And then also on YouTube, you can take a look at the video content associated with that. Last update, a lot of interesting stuff coming from the perspective of, uh, yeah, real Italian missionaries to their own people, whether here in Sicily or in the north, the movement that we are a part of, that we are helping to create and gain some momentum. Uh, marvelous things that God is doing here uh, in and through um, Mission Sicily and Mission Italy. So really excited about the content there. Please go back and listen to it if you haven't already heard it. So that said, if this is your first time coming around to Mission Sicily, welcome. Um, We are a mission in motion now for over 10 years. Uh, We exist to make disciples, plant churches, and build bridges in Sicily and throughout Italy. We are striving to enlist, train, and deploy the next generation of disciple makers, church planters, bridge builders. So what what are we doing this for? What's our objective? What's our aim? We want to see a multiplication movement emerge among young leaders that's fueled by a passion and a love for Jesus, and a heart for their homeland. That's why we do what we do. And, you know, as far as our values and what motivates us, we place heavy value on indigenous, facilitative, biblically-based, Jesus-modeled, mission-centric methodology. So, that's a mouthful. <laughs> Hopefully you, you get what we're about. Uh, some of that at least makes sense to you and helps you kind of place us on the spectrum of where we are, why we do what we do, what motivates us, what undergirds this mission. And what undergirds this mission uh, at its base, at its core, is you, the support team that we've got. Uh, we, we raise all of our own support, myself, Gino, Stefano. Uh, for Mission Sicily, for Mission Italy. Uh, so you are the base that undergirds and, and upholds us here. Uh, by the grace of God, <laughs> by your prayers, by your financial support, we are able to, uh, to stand and to do 
the work that we are called to do. So thank you for your participation, for sending us. Um, you know, we talked about this last time, the, the Jesus call to pray for the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into his harvest fields. Why? Because the laborers are few. And I can tell you, after 30 years of visiting Sicily, 10 years living here, the laborers are absolutely 100% few. We are few and far between. Uh, and that's coming from the mouth of the indigenous church here uh, about believers in general. We are few and far between the laborers sent here. Um, you've heard this before. Uh, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but um, it's important that you know and that you're reminded of this. There is a 90% attrition rate of missionaries in this part of the world. Uh, that means that 10% will last longer than three years. And the majority of those, let's say another 80 to 90% of those, are sent here for the uh, non-indigenous people, let's say it like that, the migrants, the refugees, the immigrants, which is great. And, you know, if that's what you're called to do here, praise God, you are welcome. There is room at the table for all of us, absolutely. But uh, for those that are called to the indigenous population, again, that's, that's 10% let's say, or maybe 15% of those missionaries. And, and, you know, again, we're only talking about 10% that have lasted longer than three years. So you get the idea. It's a fraction of a fraction that are actually here laboring among the Italian church, which statistically we're talking less than 1% evangelical, less than 1% Bible-believing, Jesus-knowing, Jesus-loving, passionate-about-Jesus-type people. And so... This is a, um, yeah, a missionary's graveyard, as it has been called, uh, alongside places like France and Germany, uh, really difficult terrain, but uh, this is what we're called to do, and again, by God's grace and by your prayers and faithful support, we continue uh, persevering, persisting. And so excited to share a little bit today about what's going on in, in our context here, in our mission uh, box, so to speak. Before we get to that, uh, as is our custom, <laughs> as you uh, have heard from past episodes, I want to give a little bit of context of, you know, in, in military terms, we'd call it the theater in which the play is going on, uh, the, the, the scene in which the events are unfolding over here. So to zoom out a little bit, the war in Ukraine is still going on over 20 months now. Um, we still have refugees, uh, Ukrainians, here in our church of Belpaso. We had uh, some friends here recently came and saw um, uh, some of our, our support team from the states, some of the, the families that have just of their own accord, volunteered to say, hey, I want to help support what you guys are doing. We believe in it. We love you guys. We want to invest in prayer. We want to invest in support. We want to tell others, our home church and, and people that we know about what you're doing and hopefully get them on board because we see the need and we want to undergird you and support you. Uh, they were here recently, some friends of ours from the States, from Nashville, in fact, and saw firsthand some of what we're doing. And, you know, we, we still have the scripture verses 
in Ukrainian and Italian when we, when we do our, our sermons and things like that in the church because we still have a good population. A couple families have gone back to their war-torn country and some have chosen to stay and don't want to ever go back because of the pain, the loss, the suffering um, that continues there to this day. So um, all that to say, there is still the impact of that ongoing crisis, that ongoing war. Uh, of course, you know about the conflict in Israel because that is still being very much um, televised and, and yeah, you find that all over social media. And without getting into the politics of that conflict, we'll, we'll let, uh, we're, we're confident that God will sort things out. Uh, in, the min, in the meantime, there's a lot of suffering, let's say on both sides of the equation, and uh, God knows uh, what, what is going on there better than I do and better than I think the media does sometimes, and uh, he's going to sort all of that out. In the meantime, we want to be sensitive to the suffering and to know how we can help and pray and support. Um, we have a group here in Sicily, really well-connected with what's going on in the conflict there uh, in Israel, and they have just firsthand given us first eyewitness accounts of the suffering, the death toll, the, the savagery, and uh, it absolutely merits our prayers and our focus. And so, you know, that's in the Mediterranean here where we are. Uh, it's not very far. About a, it's, I think it's less than a two-hour flight from where we are, uh, just across the Mediterranean. And, you know, uh, all of these countries uh, from Israel, Gina was there a few months ago, another pastor friend of ours was there just uh, a month ago, uh, just right before, like days before the conflict began, got his daughter out of there, thankfully, um, before all of that hit the fan. Um, we've been in Israel, we've been in uh, Turkey, uh, we'll be in Albania soon. This is, our, this is our, our theater. This is the context in which we, we live. And, you know, we were in Greece last year. And, you know, all of, all of these countries are really interwoven, well-connected, and not far from each other. What happens on one side of the Mediterranean, there is a splash, a ripple effect to the other. To You know, we're right here in the center of the Mediterranean. So I, I say all of that just to give you some context. Uh, we're so much closer than a lot of you who are listening are, like physically, geographically. Um, it's spiritually connected. There's that ripple effect that happens. We see people here who are eyewitnesses to the atrocities that are, are unfolding. And I bring all of that to your attention just to say this is where we're called to labor and to do work. And so when you support Mission Sicily, Mission Italy, you're investing in something that's happening on this side of the world and very close to things that have been in the news, things that are unfolding, the conflict, the, the terror, the loss, the grief, the suffering, the death toll, all of this. Uh, is very close to our hearts and minds because this is the, the context in which we're laboring. So zooming in a little bit more uh, to Italy and specifically the work that's going on uh, here in Sicily and in the north, uh, we have our partners. Uh, we have a movement that's unfolding called um, Grande Mandato, GM. Grande Mandato, the Great Commission, the Great Mandate, 
And this is part of Stefano Longo, uh, his mission in the north that we are joined together with creating a multiplication movement of young leaders, just like we said at the beginning, that are helping to create disciple makers, not just making disciples, but making disciples who make disciples. My disciple makers is what we're after because that is how we're going to see movement occur. And it's not just um, a one or two and hoping for a domino effect, but we've got lots of dominoes <laughs> in lots of places uh, unfolding. We now have throughout Italy uh, four other bases that are kind of epicenters of this movement and excited to share more about that soon. Stefano will be coming back down here in just a few weeks along with another missionary friend of ours uh, who is a huge proponent of the Jesus model of disciple making. We're excited for the infusion of his passion and DNA, uh, just the, the spiritual modeling of Jesus making disciple makers and for what that means for our team down here. And then zooming in to Ground Zero, where we are right now. This is really exciting. And uh, as soon as we come back from this little break, uh, I'm excited to tell you what's happening right here in Sicily. Invece stiamo sperimentando un po' quello che Gesù faceva, quello di stare in mezzo alla gente. Wow, wow. And that's that's a, a, a shift, you know, and uh, what we see in Italy as a traditional church, that the, the church is among the people, like Jesus was among his people. Guys, if you haven't listened already to this episode that we put out just um, a month or two back, please do yourself a favor, go back and take a listen to it. You can find it on this podcast platform that you're already listening on, or you can go to our YouTube channel. Everything that we've got out there on social media, on every platform from the website, missionsicily.com, to every social platform is just Mission Sicily. Take a listen. And we're back here. Uh, before we get into some real life examples, uh, I want to set the context or maybe the biblical narrative that's helping guide some of our thinking, our thought processes, our group activities, where we're guiding people in this season. Various groups at different levels of their introduction to. Uh, the kingdom to the king, to his reign, to what he's called us to do alongside of him uh, as we're undergoing life transformation and he's calling us to be emissaries of, uh, of, of his kingdom and, and sharing and, and bringing people to Jesus, come and see and following him and the transformation that begins in the hearts and minds of people as they begin to submit their their lives, their mentality, their thought processes, their hearts to him, their affections, their allegiances, all of that begins to, to shift. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about that before we conclude this episode. But as we, as we get there, uh, you know, part of what's been in our hearts and minds 
is that shifting of allegiances that happens, and it is not easy. Um, as, as many of you know, we're in a very heavily religious context, traditionally religious, and what that means is it's more of a social identity than something that is practiced over here. That allegiance to the, the cultural norms, to the identity factor, the, okay, well, I you know, was born into the Catholic Church, I w- was baptized, there was, you know, the christening, there was the, uh, the confessions and the, and the kind of the graduation, and now I'm fully fledged inside. And then you, you separate yourself for a lifetime. Maybe you come back um, for a holiday once a year. Maybe you come back because there's a funeral or a wedding uh, or someone else's birth and then christening, all of that kind of thing. But you're, you're not practicing until you need the church. And then you go to the church and you talk to the priest and you try to resolve whatever situation or feelings or conflict that you're having. If you can't get an answer, there are other means <laughs> here in our context, whether political, whether criminal, whether, um, yeah, spiritual, let's say. Uh, you've got these other components to appeal to, and they're all part of the same mechanism. For those that are born in this culture and raised in this culture, the, these different facets are, are all part of the same diamond, so to speak, different aspects of the same thing. And when you come to the end of your rope, that's where most of the time we find people ready to meet Jesus. There's rarely an incident where everything's going along just fine and they, they fall in love with the master. <laughs> it's usually quite the opposite. There's a, a dire need. There's a longing in their heart. There's a searching. There's, you know, it's like Jesus asking, what are you looking for? And then there's the come and see. And there's the coming to me, Jesus says, and the following me. And then there's a call, and this is where it gets gritty, of laying aside things, the entrapments that are holding you back from wholesale following Jesus with your whole heart, mind, soul, strength, body, everything, your whole being. And so this is where we intersect with people a lot of times, and there's the rub. And one of the things that stands out from Matthew chapter 19, uh, Jesus talking about the the rich in the kingdom of God, uh, a man comes up to Jesus, says, what must I do? He says, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? And this is really the mindset of a lot of people here that are trapped in this dynamic that I've just described is it's work-based. It's a sense of what good thing must I do? If I can go out and accomplish something, then I will merit. I will, you know, uh, I'll be owed something. And and man, it gets gritty when we talk about grace over here <laughs> because that unmerited favor that God has shown us when he chose to rescue us from ourselves, um, man, 
there's this sense of obligation. Well, what do I owe? Tell me what I need to pay. I, I've told this story before. Some of you may remember early on uh, here in our experience in Sicily, having uh, you know this American family <laughs> in in a Sicilian church at that time. Men on one side, women on the other. Women veiled. Uh, very religious. Very uh, just a heavy heaviness that was still on this sleepy sleepy church here. Um, we would make the, oops, <laughs> newbie mistake of inviting somebody over to our house for dinner. And, you know, this this was uh, not knowing why at the time. It seemed really strange. This was difficult for a lot of people to accept an invitation like this. Why? Because they understood from their cultural context that to accept something means that you owe something later. There's no concept of just this freeness and this grace and this gift without strings attached. And if you if you studied uh, Sicilian culture or even from films, which are yeah, uh, a lot of times they they've got they got a few things right about the the mentality and the the culture here. There are strings attached, you know, to everything, and so to accept something means that you're obligated later. And, and, well, okay, we finally convinced some people, and um, they came over a couple weeks later. Here's the, reciproc- the, the reciprocity, the reciprocal, you know, invitation to go to their house for, to share a meal. And they had invited, uh, you know, my good friend and partner ministry over here, Gino and his family. And we were just sitting there at the table talking, and uh, I leaned over at some point. I said, Gino, how many times have you been here? Because um, something just seemed a little strange or, you know, odd. And he says, this is my first time. Uh, what? But you grew up with, uh, this guy's name is Giuseppe. You grew up with Giuseppe. You went to school with him. You, you've spent your whole life in the same town, less than a, a kilometer, you know, a half mile away from this guy. And he's in the church and, and you guys are friends and you, you go do ministry stuff together sometimes this is the first time you're ever, yeah, first time I've ever been in his house. And so that just goes to show you there, there, is, there are some norms that we've been able to disturb over here and shake some things and other things are holding fast. And this idea of just the rep- reciprocity, um, the obligation that comes with receiving something is really strange. And you know, it comes into the, the church mentality as well. When people receive Jesus, either they immediately walk away because they're scared. Uh, they're scared of a few things. They're scared of what they're going to owe God now that he's rescued them. And, you know, certainly uh, we, we give him, we, we surrender willingly ourselves to him, and he's given all to us. We give our all to him, and that's a call to the kingdom. Uh, that's on all of us. But there's another fear uh, of being ostracized by their family. Oh, you're one of the Jesus people, they've started to say now here in our town. You're associated with Jesus, not Mary and essentially the pantheon of saints um, that are really, <laughs> when you diagram things, and I don't know how deep you, uh, you've, you've looked into this, but as you diagram things out, it's a perfect overlay of some of the, the Greco-Romano pantheon 
previously set here. But all that aside, um, there is a sense of, okay, you're becoming one of those Jesus people, and you get booted from your, your family, from your friends, your social circles, uh, ostracized in, you know, in, in a, numer- uh, a number of different ways. Yeah, we're not an Islamic nation. You're probably not going to have death threats or, or something like that. But it, it's a, it, you're risking a lot because family here is the, the glue that holds society together. And if you're ostracized by family, you're out of society. You're an outcast. And, and yet, essentially, this is what Jesus is calling us to, to do. What he's calling us to be is, in a sense, outcasts from the rest. And you know, Jesus responds to this man, well, you know, you've got some mm, law, you have some commands that you need to follow, and the man says, well, well, which ones? And Jesus says, you know, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, blah, 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 blah. Um, and he says, well, I've kept all of these. What do I still lack? And notice just the persistence of it's not enough. I'm not enough. I still feel inadequate. I still feel like I don't measure up. I've not done enough. I've not merited enough. Uh, help me to gain eternal life. And, and Jesus, um, Jesus says, if you want to be perfect, if you want to be whole, if you want to be lacking nothing, go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And you're going to have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. It's interesting that he puts it in this order. He says, you know, there are things that are holding you back from wholesale allegiance, wholesale following, wholesale surrender to me. And when the young man heard it, he went away sad because he had great wealth. And Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, look, I'm going to tell you the truth here. It's hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. And, and I just want to underline a fact that it's not just rich in wealth, it's rich in family circles because of what it may cost you. It's rich in your social dynamic power and influence because of what it might cost you. It's rich in what the world esteems, um, whether possessions or pride or uh, leveraging your power and sphere of influence on others because of what it may cost you. Ultimately, if you, if you give up what's holding you back from allegiance to Jesus, it's costly. It's costly. And, you know, he says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who's rich to enter the kingdom of God. And when the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished. This was not the paradigm they were expecting. <laughs> the kingdom is upside down. It's, it's turned on its head. And they asked, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. And Peter, uh, still uh, with his mouth open in astonishment, says, but we've left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? What's What's... What do we gain here? And Jesus says, let me tell you the truth. At the renewal of all things, when the kingdom comes in force and it rewrites the code of of the normative here, everything's going to be overwritten. Everything's going to be renewed. Uh, And I'm thinking of a word in in Italian, ripristinato, to, to be made pristine again. 
when the renewal comes, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on thrones, judging the tribes of Israel. Everyone who has left houses, and, and here's the, the wealth that I think is underlining all of this, and, and it certainly rings true here in Sicily, left houses, brothers, sisters, father, mother, wife, children, fields, for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. Now, I don't want to get into preaching a, a message on this. I want to underline this one point, that it is costly. Switching your allegiance to Jesus um, has a, a cost attached to it. And so, when we look at it in our context here, the, the call uh, of this free gift of salvation, I think Sicilians actually get part of this right with the hesitancy that surrounds the accepting of this quote-unquote free gift of grace. They get part of it right of asking, what will it cost me? And many, like this rich young ruler, go away sad, not because they're wealthy in the sense of what money they have in the bank, but they're wealthy in other concerns. And this is what Peter is underlining here, talking about, and this is how Jesus responds, leaving your house, brother, sister, father, mother, wife, children, fields, work that you're called to, your social spheres, it's going to cost. It's going to cost you. It's an investment switching your allegiances. Imagine somebody who was, um, you know, in an alliance with the Roman Empire at the time to switch their allegiance to Jesus as not just Messiah, but king, king of a new kingdom. Wow. It could cost you your life. And in many, you know, ways, it costs you your life. Everything gets turned upside down. And, you know, to put that in a real practical sense here, you can get ostracized and be called one of those Jesus people. Uh, You get kicked out of, you know, your family and your social circles. Uh, Maybe you lose your job. Maybe you lose your sphere of influence. Maybe you lose, um, you know, the ability to produce what you were economically. There's a lot of ramifications that get looked at this. And again, I, I wonder if Sicilians have something, some part of this correct of assessing what is this going to call to me. And it's a huge impediment. That's why most of the people that we come across that are ready to be introduced <laughs> to Jesus, to fall in love with him, to follow him, to switch their allegiance, they're already at the end of the rope. Already at the end of the rope. They've been to the priest. They've been to uh, the, the politician who has influence. They've been to uh, a criminal source, uh, mafia. They've been to the local uh, magician, sorcerer, um, you know, reading the poems, the tarot cards. Uh, was, th- those were invented here in Italy. Um, they, they're reading through um, different means and leverage on situation and circumstance and all of that, and you're being called away from that to put your faith and hope in Jesus, and if he doesn't rescue you, you've left everything else. You have no more leverage. 
you have no more ability to manipulate circumstances, control outcomes. You have nothing. You are completely at his mercy. That's a bitter pill, a difficult pill to swallow. Um, and that could be, you know, even, even us at times. We're called to switch our allegiance, which means surrendering means of control and allowing him, the one true king, the Lord of lords, the one true God, to have control in our lives. And we're saying he knows better than we do. Wow. Yeah. So I, I share uh, all of that, and, and I don't want to get into names because some uh, folks here in Sicily listen to the podcast, and, but uh, the stories that we hear uh, are exactly in line with what I'm sharing with you. I'm not, I'm not speculating or pontificating about things that aren't real. I'm, I'm illustrating a very common scenario that we, we find all the time over here. Um, in fact, uh, just to give you one example without a name attached to it, a young girl uh, in our community who came to faith just within the last year and a half, less than two years, got baptized and is a, is a disciple now and, and learning to be a disciple maker here um, in her community has been ostracized already by various groups, including her family and trying to escape uh, a past life of uh, drugs and abuse and, and things like that. And what, what's, what's interesting is the transformation that has occurred in her life has now m made ripple effects on others that aren't Christians. And they're noticing her as a Jesus person, a Jesus follower. But wasn't she this, and didn't she do that? And her history is marred, <laughs> soiled. Um, but look what's going on now. How is that possible? How is it possible? Because, you know, it, it usually ends in an early death, the road that she was on. And in a sense, she died uh, <laughs> in Christ, with Christ, and is risen with him in newness of life. And that is the transformation that we're seeing in so many stories here. Um, I, I want to be sensitive to those who may listen, um, and I, I don't want to drop names, but all that to say, this is these are real-life examples of things happening over here that you have a part in when you pray, when you um, support financially, you're undergirding uh, not just this mission, Mission Sicily, and our partners, Stefano and Gino, are directly impacted by your prayers and by your financial support. The land where we're building the, the disciple-making groups on various levels, whether brand-new believer, whether going deeper and becoming a disciple-maker themselves, whether um, at, a, at a higher level, becoming a leader of disciple-makers, you're having a direct impact and an effect on the lives uh, over here. So uh, all that to say, on behalf of Gino and Stefano, myself, on behalf of the lives that are being touched and transformed by the gospel, by the grace of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, you are part of this, and we want to say thank you. 
for your investment. Please pray. Please pray. In talking to some of our partners here recently, uh, we've noticed every time we've been making progress uh, in planting new community groups uh, in these nearby towns of Piano Tavola, Mota, San Anastasia, Nicolosi, as we've made mm, advances, we're advancing, we're advancing on enemy turf, enemy territory, and there is great pushback and casualties. We need your prayer covering in order to make uh, these advances and to see momentum gained from it because we're taking territory that has a very, very long history of being dedicated to our enemy and never conquered for Christ. And so thank you for your prayer. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your love and your, your comments and your encouragement. Um, I, I would love to hear from you in our Facebook group or um, if you can leave a comment in whatever, um, either on YouTube or the podcast channels, if you can respond via email, if you're receiving this as a newsletter, let us know what questions you have, what you're curious about, what you'd like to hear more about, and we will speak into those on uh, upcoming episodes. In the meantime, as we're closing out November and December in 2023, you've helped us make tremendous strides uh, as we come to the end of the year, we're going to talk about where we would like to go over the next few months into 2024. So much to do, so much work for us to do. Please continue to pray that the Lord of the harvest would send laborers, send us as laborers and send more uh, like-minded that are here for that, that small fraction of those who actually come and that they are able to resist and endure more than three years, which is the statistic breaking point. Um, pray for more like us, like-minded Christ followers, co-laborers sent here for indigenous Sicilian people. And we're not exclusive to that. You guys know that we, we minister to uh, other ethnicities. We have Syrians, we have Ukrainians, we have Bangladeshi. Uh, we're on the streets in Catania distributing clothes and food. There, there's, there's impact greater than just the indigenous, but we've got to mobilize the indigenous population here to really have an impact on the immigrants and the refugees among us, the stranger among us. This is what we're going to have lasting impact by uh, supporting and creating a movement here among indigenous. So that's our heart. That's our mindset. Uh, again, we are so grateful for you supporting us and helping to send us. Financially, you're sending us. Through prayer, you're sending us. And we're creating more like us, and we're creating movement, but we need more people to come over here uh, who, who can speak Italian and understand the culture and, and be a positive influence. We need more, 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 more. We need more. Um, and we're so grateful because you're helping us to accomplish all of this. So all that to say, God bless you. Thank you for your prayer, your support, your impact. 
that you're having over here on families and situations, life transformation like the ones that I've described. Uh, it's complex. It's not easy. But it is so, so, if I can use this word, fun, uh, energizing, exciting to see the transformation that happens. And uh, it wouldn't be possible without you. So, God bless you. We love you. On behalf of myself and Gino and Stefano, a big hug from Sicily. Continue to follow us on Instagram, on our Twitter, on our podcast channels. If you haven't subscribed to the newsletter, go to missionsicily.com to find out how to subscribe and be alerted every time there's an update or a prayer blast that comes out. And we will talk to you again very, very soon. Ciao for now.